I do believe it is time for an incredible man of God to come and share the word with us. We're looking forward to this. Why don't you stand and give him a round of applause. We're looking forward to this. We're looking forward to what God is going to share with us. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Uh, well, it is great to be here. Um, I've been talking to a few people just as I was walking in, and everyone's sort of like, oh, I'm really tired. So we're going to do a little exercise that will hopefully just wake you up. You don't have to get up or anything. But um, purely for my own personal gain, this is not biblical. It's not spiritual. It's not any of that. But NRL season's heating up. You know, finals are starting. So I just wanted to find out what teams people are pulling for. So do we have any Broncos fans here this morning? Can you make some noise? That, that's good, because this wasn't much, which is a good thing. Um, Cowboys fans, make some noise. That's good. That's good. Anyone, anyone pulling for Melbourne, too? A little bit? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Cronulla, anyone, anyone a Sharks fan? Well, there's one. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. That's right. And, you know, we, got, we respect everyone's teams. You know, this is the house of God. We only blew uh, Manly Sea Eagles fans here. So, um, and sorry, how many of you? Don't actually give a toss about football whatsoever. Make some noise, yeah. Okay, that, that's the loudest cheer of all, which... <laughs> um, cool. Wow. Um, they're, well, they're not worth mentioning. Um, well, there goes that football sermon, because no one... Um, but we're all different, so we're all different. We, you know, um, some of us, it's, you know, maybe need to start thinking about who we're supporting and investing our time into, but we're all different. But one thing that I think I know about every single person in this room, it's not about netball, sorry, Michael, but I think that no one likes being stuck. Am I right? Is it, does it, if I'm wrong, then I'm sorry, but I don't think there's a single person in this room that enjoys being stuck. Um, I was driving with my mum last week, and she's like, oh, you know, can you drop me off at Stocklands? I'm like, oh, that's, that's not a problem. It's only like 10 minutes away, tops from my house, but it was about 8 o'clock in the morning, and uh, in Annandale, where we, where we live, is school rush. Um, there's like 100 different schools, and they're all, their parents are dropping their kids off to school. Um, it's going to be hard to explain, but uh, around the shopping centre, there's like, they've just put these new traffic lights in, and then up a little bit further, there's more traffic lights that near where the sort of army base is. So we're going, and the traffic's piled This is Townsville, by the way, so this shouldn't happen, but the traffic's piled up, and every time one of the lights goes green, the other light's red, so no one can actually move. Oh my goodness. So we're like, okay, um, let's get out of this and we'll go a different way. So, you know, we, we do some um, things and maybe break some road rules. But, um, but we, we get out of this spot and we, we go this other way. And it is worse. Like, it, it, we're, just, we're just stuck for about, it took about 45 minutes. And uh, mum's here today, so you can ask her because, um, just in case you thought I was making it up, I'm not. It literally took 45 minutes to get to Stockman. And... The whole time, we were just sitting there and just watching everyone else sit there. And it didn't feel that great, to be really honest. But there's a point, and you, you know, the last traffic light's there. And uh, you sort of just push the pedal a little bit harder, you know, because it is good to feel free. Am I? It, it is. It's, it, you, now, if you are a city person and you um, five o'clock traffic, um, I experienced it once a couple of weeks ago, coming from the Gold Coast um, back to Barbie Island, 
and uh, it only took about an hour and a half to get there, and it took three hours to get back. So, but no one likes feeling stuck. Everyone likes feeling free. Awesome. There's three people that agree, so we can keep going. Um, <laughs> freedom. Now, this is a bit of an interesting thing to talk about. You don't really have conversations around, are you free? Um, that's just weird, dude. Like, no one really talks about it. But I have heard people say that freedom goes a little something like the ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want, because I'm free to choose. And you are. That's definitely a part of freedom. But is that what freedom is really about? Um, so at church here, um, we, don't, we don't pretend. So um, if we are going through something or we, we have a problem, uh, we don't, it's okay to say that you have a problem, that it, things aren't okay, but it's, it's not okay to lie about it. So if you are willing to put your hand up, when I say this question, I would, I would appreciate it. Um, no one's going to judge you or anything. But my brother was telling me this story. So put yourself in this scenario. So his friend was sort of driving late at night and, and there was this police officer. And uh, he is not following the road rules. And he swerves right in front of him um, and cuts him off the road. So my brother's friend does what, you know, all people shouldn't do and honks the horn at this police officer. And you go, hey, you got in my way in less biblical terms. Um, and quite honestly, would you, if, if you was, if there was, and then, the, so the police officer, you know, um, doesn't like that, so he turns around and he actually books this dude because of, I, I think it was like registration or something, but like the police officer is, is clearly not following the rules that they're supposed to enforce and then has the audacity to go and book this other bloke who got cranky. Now, if you could, you shouldn't, but if you could just, if you had a big car and a bit of a bull bar and you just put the accelerator down a bit and just sort of give him a bit of a nudge, would you do it? There's not many people that are going to put their hand up, because, but some people would. And guess what? You are completely free to do that. You can, you, you can smash a police car off the road. You are completely free. But if you exercise that freedom, then are you free? Because you, you can't do that. Um, I guess there's, there's been issues around the world with terrorism, with people like ISIS, and they're just doing whatever they want, whenever they want, which is freedom. But we, would all, we could all say confidently that that's not freedom. You can. And um, more personally, so at home, you can look at whatever website you want. You're completely free. No one has to know. You can do, you can look at whatever you like. But if you exercise that freedom, then that doesn't lead to freedom. It leads to slavery and bondage. You're addicted to something. And if you, you can drink whatever you want and you can smoke whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. But if you exercise that freedom and that enslaves you, then you're not really free. So what is freedom then? So I think that we should define freedom before going any further because I don't think freedom is really doing whatever we want whenever we want. Freedom is knowing and following Jesus. That's freedom. And um, knowing Jesus. There's a little bit of passage I just want to read. Um, it's from Revelation 1. We're not going to talk about Revelation because I'm just not holy enough to do that. But um, 
just quick, this is just a verse from, from verse 8, and then we're going to go from like, um, I think it's 12 to 17. And this is about knowing Jesus, because I think sometimes we can get a little bit confused with who Jesus is. We can sort of get him caught up to be, he's, he's an all-loving God, and I'm not saying he isn't, because we all need him. And, but he is also all-powerful. And this is a good um, description, just in these few verses, about the all-powerful Jesus. It says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Um, in verse 12, um, this is a guy called John, and he's on this island, and this is where God comes and gives him the revelation of the end of the earth, and you know people have been trying to predict it ever since, which you can't do. But verse 12 says, I turned, so John turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. Now the hair on his head was white as wool, as white as snow. And his eyes, this is, this is big, his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, sorry, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. And when John sees him, he says, I fell at his feet as though dead. But then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. That is the Jesus that we serve today. Now, sometimes it's easy to forget or to take out of context, but blazing fire, his eyes were like blazing fire and <laughs> double-edged sword was coming out of his mouth. That is like, I don't know if you've ever seen someone like that, but I haven't. So he must be incredible, um, all-powerful. And that power is with us and in us. Incredible. What I think is really amazing about Jesus is he said some amazing things. And, you know, people have argued up until this day and still do argue, you know, did Jesus really say this? Did he really do this? And you can argue, you know, there's mistranslation, there's, you know, funny Greek words that no one's able to make sense out of. There's, there's abundant reasons to, you know, form an argument or a, a position or whatever. But because of what Jesus did, because he died and literally said, I'm just borrowing death and I'm going to give it back, because of what he did, what he said is important. So you can, you can debate what he said till you know, you're blue in the face, but because of what he did, because of his actions, because of who he is, what he says is important. The scripture we are going to read from today, so um, it's, like I said, not from Revelation, because that's scary stuff. John 8 is where we're going to look for, from today. Um, there's four accounts of the life of Jesus, all by different people, completely different perspectives, um, beautiful to read them all. Uh, the last one is John, and so this is chapter 8, and we're going to start at verse 31, and we're sort of just going to work our way through a few verses and do some commentary as well. So verse 31 says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, now that, just there, if you hold to my teaching is worthy of just the biggest highlighter or underline that you could do, right, that is big-time stuff. If you hold to my teaching. Notice how he didn't say, if you know my teaching, if you hold to it, you are really my disciples. 
Then he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Incredible. If you hold to my teaching, did Jesus teach perfection? Heck no, that is not the end. No, he did not teach perfection, but um, it says in 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 9, I think, I just jotted that down this morning, I don't actually know if it's there, but it talks about how Jesus did call us to live a holy life. And that is not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that he did. But, um, yeah, if you hold to my teaching, have you seen some of Jesus' teachings? Because they're full on wild, man. Like, forgive everyone and love your enemy. Now, when Jesus said this, he wasn't in the 21st century because if you look at the world today, it is kind of hard to love some people. But Jesus doesn't give in our cause. He just says, love your neighbor and forgive. And he even goes further to say, if you forgive, then I will forgive you. So it's not just a good idea to do. It's actually vital to our lives to forgive. It's vital to our lives to love others. And that is a big task. And guess what? Hopefully I'm not the only person who hasn't done it sometimes because it is difficult. But that's where God comes in. And if we hold on to his teaching, we find out that it's true. And if we hold on to the truth, then we will find freedom. Um, are you free financially? Uh, I study business at uni. Uh, it's great and not so great all at the same time. And we learn a lot about money and how people use it well. Companies become really successful on whatever they do. And we learn also about how people squander away billions and millions of dollars through you know, lying or falsifying records or a number of reasons. But finances, it's a bit of a funny thing. Now, I'm not too qualified to talk about that. I'm 21, so my financial burdens aren't going to be what most people's financial burdens look like. But if we're going to trust Jesus with our eternity, then it's a good idea to trust him with our finances. Jesus calls us to live a pure life. Now that, in this world, with, if you just turn on the TV, on like standard, you know, child-friendly viewing time, um, it's not pure at all. Um, it's a tough fight, especially for us young people. That, like, life sucks, man. Like, it is hard. But if we hold on to purity now, then even when we don't want to hold on to it, when we don't want to hold on to these things, and there's many more, but we just don't have time for that. But if we hold on to these things now, we'll find the truth, and the truth will set us free. Amazing. And a lot of times we sort of think if we hear these things, if we, you know, get, we get a lot of information, and that equals transformation. But we're missing a key element in there because we need to apply what we hear in order to be transformed. The key to going deeper with Christ is to apply his teachings. Um, most of the time, we are well informed. Like we, on a society where social media often drives a lot of what we do, we are informed beyond our capacity. We are be informed well beyond our level of obedience. Is that, that's fair enough to say sometimes, hey? Like, it comes to that, like, often we know the right thing to do, but to apply it, 
that's where we go deeper. And it, weight is a good example. If someone, if you see someone and they've lost some weight and you go up to them and you're like, oh man, how did you lose weight? They're like, diet and exercise. You don't go and like get a book and like, oh, I better write that down. Um, diet and exercise. We know that. Like, people know that. Um, but if we don't apply it, it doesn't work. Dr. Phil, did anyone watch Dr. Phil? Yeah. I don't, but sorry. But if you, Dr. Phil is a good example of this because Dr. Phil wrote a weight loss book that he has never read. Because he, like, so don't judge, but am I right? Like, he's wrote the book and he hasn't lost weight. So information can't lead to transformation. Like, it can't. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Information plus application equals transformation. Um, back in John, so John chapter 8, we're looking at verse 33. So he's talking to the people, says, The truth will set you free. And they answered him. So the Pharisees answered Jesus and said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And um, this is something called denial. Because if you know... The brief amount that I know about history back then is that they were probably being looking looked down. They were probably being looked down on by the Romans at this time, who were in authority over these people. You are. Uh, you look back before that, and they were enslaved by the Babylonians, the people of Israel. And before that, they were enslaved by the Assyrians. And before that, they were enslaved by the Egyptians. So they had literally their history has been full of slavery, and yet these people say. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we should be set free? That is denial. You literally lived in slavery. But how easy is it to do? I mean, we've all met people that are in complete denial. And I guess um, stubbornness can go with denial. We can often become very hard-hearted. I saw this good meme that I like quoting and um, said, you know, 75% of men will die of stubbornness. No, we won't. Like, you know, but it happens. We, we, our hearts become hard and we live in denial. And all of us have dealt with people like this. Some of us might actually be that person. Um, Jesus replied, verse 34, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And then this is one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. It's a good one. Um, verse 37. Verse 36, sorry. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So we find our identity in Christ and He will set us free. We have a permanent place in His house. Now, if we put anything before Christian... That's where we find our identity. So you hear overseas, I've heard, you know, in America, you know, God help them, they need some just miracles. Um, people say, oh, I'm a democratic Christian. Like, well, okay, that's good. Except that you are saying that Democrats are more important than Jesus. You're saying that you think that Jesus is a Democrat, which he's not. If you put anything before Jesus, it's not good because you're placing that as importance over your relationship with Christ. 
People, this is a bit of a controversial one, so not worth, we're not debating or anything, but people say they're a gay Christian. So, oh, okay, but that means that you actually define yourself by sexuality, not by Jesus. Um, this one could be easy to misinterpret, so I don't want that to happen, but if you put the Salvation Army before Christian, then what happens is that eventually you become a slave. You'll be a part, a cog in a machine, and you won't be free. And so find your identity in Christ, and that's what makes this works. But if you put anything before that, anything at all, it can be anything. That's where you find your identity. Um, the Pharisees answer Jesus with another just... Anyway, what they say is, I know... Jesus says, I know you are Abraham's descendants. So, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. Jesus is proclaiming freedom to everyone in this setting. Everyone who's listening, I don't know how many people are there. He's proclaiming freedom, yet denial has cost the Pharisees a chance to hear this message. And... The Pharisees can't accept Jesus because they have no room for them, for him in their hearts. And that's where we can go in life as well. The most dangerous place to, that we can be in is not when we mess up because Jesus forgives us for that. That's what he died for. The most dangerous place is where we don't have room for Jesus in our hearts. last point I wanted to make, I wasn't sure if I was going to say it. Um, it might not even be for anyone here and people might just not be here. Um, grief, that can consume your heart. Many things can. Um, there is a time people we grieve and it's human, it's okay, it's, that's not the issue. But when we go to a place where that overfills our heart, that's literally all that is in our heart, that we don't have room for these promises. If we don't have room for God's promises in our hearts, then we won't find freedom. And, um, you can be free. You can be completely free. And you can live... The beautiful thing about Jesus is that even when life is hard, you can live every single day in freedom. But often we don't. So would you... you don't answer. But if you... Would you describe yourself as being free today? Are you free? Um, just to sort of wrap up, Luke 6.20 from the message, um, which says some, the message is hilarious sometimes. Like, it's fantastic. Like some things I don't understand and then I'll read the message and I'll be like, if you don't apply Jesus' teaching, you are like a dumb carpenter. Like, oh, I can understand. I think I get that. Like that makes more sense than squillions of gibberish words. But Luke 6.20 in the message says, blessed are those who have lost it all for the kingdom of God is there for the finding. I'm just going to wrap up with three points, hopefully some takeaways. If you haven't got anything already, these are good. Um, so if the music team would like to do their thing, that would be wonderful. Number one is that I can live, or we can live in freedom. Today, we can live in complete, absolute freedom. And it's not impossible. Jesus made the way. Number two, we, I can live in freedom. And we, all of us, we can help. I was, um, I was talking to Margaret last week at church. She said something really cool 
considering that we are nowhere near each other on like the age spectrum, she said, you know, I'm here to help you out and you're here to help me out. I just went, you know what? That is cool. We can help. We can help each other. This is what the church, um, the very first church was referred to all the way back in Acts, um, which is the book after John in the Bible, which says it was referred to as the fellowship of the believers, where people who believed all got together and did life together. We can help. So you can live in freedom. We can help because God, number three, because God has made the way. And he will never lead you into slavery. See, we can get scared to follow God into freedom because that means that something's going to change. And that is scary. I mean, we're human beings. But God has never led anyone into slavery before he leads them into freedom. If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, are you free? No one can answer that for you. Are you free? If you are living in just complete freedom, praise God. Maybe someone else isn't. Maybe it's time for you to share with them because we can all help. We're all at different spots. So, in a time of reflection as this is, um, if you feel as though you need to do something, then you are free to do that. You're free to do anything. But um, know the power of freedom because that will set you free with wherever you are in life.